everybody and welcome to Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast where I'm going to be doing a deep dive into the Nintendo 3DS, the successor to Nintendo's most successful handheld system they've ever created. And look, we're getting to the time now where there's a lot of nostalgia flowing around for Nintendo 3DS and look, I'm uh, I'm not... I'm not immune to that. I loved the 3DS when it was out, and it hit me at a really special time when it came out in 2010. Was it? it feels like no, it was 2011. 2011. It feels like it feels a lot longer <laughs> than that. But uh, in high school, I I graduated high school in 2012, and the 3DS and the PlayStation Vita meant a lot to me in those days. It was they were fantastic handheld devices with awesome libraries and the 3ds really come to its own with the first party support from nintendo nintendo supported this thing so well especially uh, with their console not doing so well a lot of their franchises were on the 3ds uh, from the first time being super smash brothers on the 3ds and of course mario kart and a lot a lot more um, so what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to go through my personal collection. I've got all of my games laid out here. I've got about 50 so games, I think. I haven't actually counted them, but there's a lot of titles in here that really do mean a lot to me. And I've also got a lot of titles in here that I've got just for collecting. Um, if you listen to the main show of The House of Mario, you might know that all my Switch games are digital. And that's because <laughs> 3DS, I was sick of lugging all of these games around. I was like... You know, do I want to? Do I want to bring Animal Crossing? Yeah. Oh, better bring Mario Kart. Oh, uh, 3D Land might be useful. Look, then you've got like 10 games, and look, a part a portable system, you might end up losing it or something as well. So, I went digital. But um, as far as DS and 3DS goes, that's where I like collecting, and uh, it's uh, it's awesome. I, I love the little game cases and all that. But to start things off, let's talk a little bit about the release of the 3DS. So the 3DS was the very first uh, sort of handheld 3D... Well, glass didn't need glasses for the 3D, so that was something, I guess. Um, Looking back on it now, look, honestly, I've kind of forgotten that it was even 3D. You just sort of just rattle off 3DS, but you don't think about the 3D aspect. I never really had it on... um, for the last couple of years. I do remember when I first got my initial launch 3DS, I got the blue model, um, which I don't have anymore. It is gone. It is lost to the ether. But I remember getting it and I got Rayman 3D. That was my first game I got with it. And I opened it up and I put the 3D slider right up and I could just feel the muscles in my eye just twitching. (laughs) It was insane. Um, But eventually, like your eyes get used to it. And I really did enjoy the 3D in a lot of these games especially like the Mario titles and uh, a lot of these games that utilize it really well. But um, yeah, I had that little 3DS for a long time until the, the 3DS XL came out. And look, being a bit older, I wasn't like a little kid anymore. I appreciated the bigger screens and just like the more real estate to put your hands around the device a lot more. Uh, with the uh, with the uh, DS, the DSi XL, that was initially sort of uh, marketed towards old people. And we kind of just dis- like discounted them. I mean, like, ah, oh, no, we don't need that. Um, you know, it's big. But looking back, it's like, that would have been awesome <laughs> having a big screen then. Like, it was like uh, so much bigger. 
the screen. It was it was insane. And when I saw a friend with the 3DS XL, I'm like, oh god, I need that because the Vita. I got to be honest, it it broke me as far as the 3DS goes. It just made the screen look way too small. Having that big nice screen on the Vita, especially being an OLED screen, it really sort of dwarfed what the 3DS was doing as far as uh, its screen technology. But the the XL definitely helped out. Definitely helped out. But some of my favorite models of the 3DS were the ones that came out a lot, light, a lot later in its life cycle. So we've got the 3DS or the new 3DS XL, and uh, I am doing a video version of this as well for everyone listening on podcast services. But um, I didn't jump into the new range straight away. Um, you know, I, I was happy with my uh, just my normal 3ds xl it was fine i got the blue one it was a beautiful color very nice i never got like the really nice special editions because we got so many special editions as far as um the 3ds's go but it wasn't until later where i actually really uh <laughs> like jumped out and actually spent a decent amount of money on these so i didn't get the new 3ds xl until the majora's mask version come out and this version is just stunning. It's awesome. It's gold. It's got the Majora's Mask in the middle of it. You open it up, it just looks like a normal new 3DS XL. Nothing too exciting, but it's the outside that is awesome. You can hear it clicking in the audio. That kind of puts me off a little bit, but it's good for like setting it up for whatever reason you would want to do that. I don't know exactly why you need to set up your new 3DS, but... um. It wasn't until after I'm like, ah, I, I want to be able to take this around because since it's a limited edition, I didn't actually want to just like put it in the pocket and go for a walk and like what you usually do with the 3DS and street pass and all of that. There's so many awesome features when it comes to the 3DS. I wanted just a small one. I, I kind of missed the tiny little small, like the form factor of my original 3DS, uh, the blue launch version I got. So they actually brought out two versions in uh, Europe and Australia to start off with. Uh, America, they did miss out on this normal new 3DS, just like the smaller size. Um, but I waited a little bit until I got the black one. Uh, initially, it was just the white version that came out, but uh, they brought out the black one. I'm like, oh, I remember being at work one day and uh, thinking to myself, look, it's like one of those days where it's like, it's a bit ordinary. It's a bit boring. It's uh, just like covered in dirt and you know, it's hot. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cheer myself up I'm, on the weekend. I'm going to go in the Target. And I'm going to buy a uh, new 3DS. I've already got the XL. I've already got the um, new 3DS XL limited edition, but I really wanted the small factor. And uh, it definitely definitely was worth it. This is like my 3DS for to have all of my saved data, all of my uh, game information and that on. And it's just really, really awesome. I absolutely love this little thing. Um, it's, uh, it's fantastic. So yeah, what I might actually do is I might have this thing up uh, just while I'm... Um, talking about the games and I can look at like how long I've spent in each title because uh, this was kind of the last system with really good uh, functionality to look back on how long you've been spending in each title and I've got to laugh at uh, <laughs> some of these because like some I've um, <laughs> spent like so much time in like I go to the eShop it counts the amount of time you spend in the eShop I spent like 48 hours in the eShop <laughs> which is hilarious <laughs> Oh, it's my third. It's my third most played game here too. <laughs> oh no, the fourth, fourth most played game. I also just updated them, but yeah, absolutely love that little thing. And then they brought out the new 2DS XL, which was a, a bit of a mouthful. But I um I jumped on this when they brought out two limited edition Pokemon versions. So they brought out this uh, Pokeball version. 
And it's really cool. It's got it's red, it's white, it's you know shaped like a Pokeball. But on the top, it's got this clickable button, which is really a really nice little feature. And I've got it in a, a grip. So it's probably my most comfortable 3DS to actually play, which is a lot of fun. The two like the screen isn't as good, uh, it just doesn't look as uh, crisp and clear. But it was like a cheaper version towards the end of the 3DS's life cycle that was meant to, you know, pump up the numbers a little bit um, as far as sales go on. But I, I really do like this thing. It looks a bit weird with the hinge up the top and that, but just because I've got the Pokemon versions, um, it's just they're a lot of fun to use. I've also got the Pikachu version, but that's in the box. That's cool because it's got like raised um, cheeks and all that for its face on the top. It's a cool little system. Yeah. So yeah, the 3DS, absolutely fantastic system, but it's nothing without the games. The games are what make this, uh, this system what it is. So let's start going through my collection and uh, of course I'd love to hear from you guys. What are your favorite 3DS games? Am I missing a banger 3DS title? I guess I, I am. I've got a lot of like first party titles here uh, and we'll sort of see that, you know, I think the DS had a better third party support, but I, I definitely think the, uh, the 3DS really shined as far as the first party support went. As it should have, because the Wii U wasn't really getting it. So let's start off with title number one, which is Super Mario 3D Land. And this was probably one of the most important titles on the whole system. Um, not only the show, like, what the why you need one because of the 3D, and not only because it was just really important uh, as far as, like, you know, getting a Mario title on the, on the system goes, but it's also just... Uh, it, it needed to happen when it happened. The PlayStation Vita, like we look at it now, we laugh, we go, ha, 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 look, uh, it came nowhere near 3DS and the first party support died out very quick on PlayStation Vita. But at the start, you know, Vita was looking like a, a really quite, a, you know, fearful opponent. Like they, they had it as far as kind of like a little bit more expensive, but they were relatively close. They had a really nice screen. The graphics were there. And the launch lineup was one of the best launch lineups I've seen from a system full stop. The PlayStation Vita was really, really pulling it at launch. But then it uh, didn't get much after that, unfortunately. But the 3DS, it had kind of nothing at launch. It was pretty pretty drab. So in the holiday, the, the year the system came out, they brought out a new uh, Super Mario 3D Land and Mario Kart 7. And those two titles alone propelled the 3DS up to where it needed to be and, you know, made sure the PlayStation Vita just was a just a non a non thing for the rest of its life. Which is disappointing. Maybe I shouldn't like this game because it killed the the Vita, which is a one of my favorite systems, just full stop. I think it's in like the top it'd be in the top five or three, honestly. It's amazing. Absolutely fantastic. But this title is very much going back to old school roots, but pulling in 3D aspects of Super Mario Galaxy, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine that we uh, had before. But uh, this was like sort of the first time we saw a Mario title like this, where we were able to just progress through a level in 3D. And the aim wasn't to collect stars or collectibles. You, you did have like your um, your green stars and that when you're going through each level, but it was very much just to get to the flagpole at the end, as you would in all the other sort of 2D Mario games from from your childhood or from the classic systems. So this was uh, this was a special game. I loved playing this, and this was a, a title that uh, sold a couple of my friends on a 3DS when they saw me playing it at school. I always had my Vita in one pocket, 3DS in the other, and this was certainly a title that I really really enjoyed and. 
Um, looking looking back, I, I need to play this game again. It's so much fun. And for a long time, I preferred this over 3D World. But I think the Switch release of 3D World um, has sold me on on that title. I think 3D World's really good. So I love this version of Mario. I think it's awesome. So absolutely fantastic. So by the way, these games are in no particular order. I've just literally taken them out of my cupboard. Bang. On the desk. <laughs> Let's talk about them. Um, so going back to launch, we've got Super Street Fighter 4 3D Edition. And I, I was never really into Street Fighter. I think uh, the launch of the 3DS really left us with not much to play. So I bought a couple of titles that uh, didn't really get into all that much. But Street Fighter was cool. They really dumbed it down for people like me who haven't been into the series before, which was useful. Like you had uh, functionality on the bottom screen where you could just uh, utilize combos and uh, you know, it made it a lot easier to pull off uh, special moves like Hadoukens or uppercuts or whatever have you. And it had a nice online support and all that as well. So a big shout out to Street Fighter 4. I think this was uh, great on 3DS. I, I don't think um, I don't think if you're into like uh, really getting into competitive or whatever, it was all that useful. Probably not, I dare say. Everyone on their fight sticks or on their like proper D-pads on their controllers. I think that is more the route you'd want to go, but I appreciated this on 3DS. It was fun to sort of muck around with Street Fighter, even though I didn't like, you know, play it a, a whole heap. If I go through my total time played here, so if I can find it, I doubt it. We're going past 20 here. It still hasn't popped up. Oh, there it is. I played 13 hours of Street Fighter. Okay. And that was uh, my 30, no, sorry, my 23rd most played title. So yeah, cool, cool. All right, so this is the game I didn't play that much, but I got it for cheap, and I played the demo, and I actually quite enjoyed it. But this is a uh, codename Steam. This is made by the same developers as Fire Emblem, and uh, Fire Emblem <laughs> that ended up taking off. So, <laughs> so we'll never see this game ever again. But I got it for ten bucks from Target, um, and I think this is a, a fun little game, very much like a tactical, more like a three D uh, sort of uh, point of view as well. Pretty cool. It's really, it's really interesting. The uh, like the sort of uh, vibe of it all. Um, just like a real steampunk sort of comic book look. Very different for Nintendo and for the Fire Emblem developers, but very cool. It says on the back here, you can actually use the Fire Emblem Amiibo with your 3DS and you can put the Fire Emblem characters into the game, which I never did. Um, yeah, but I, I this is definitely a game that uh, when I get the 3DS itch, this is like a, a hidden gem in the first party lineup, which is cool. Um, yeah. So when Nintendo try new ideas, everyone's just like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, another cool game. This is actually a third-party game from uh, Level 5, Fantasy Life. Fantasy Life is uh, a really, really interesting game. I don't know if I played it a whole lot. I remember picking it up and uh, dabbling in it, but it's very much just uh, like uh, living in a world, doing quests, and you can sort of just pick a job and do what you like. It says on the back here, your world, your quest, your life. Enter a fantasy world, busting with exciting excitement and adventure. Travel far and wide and follow your very own path. So, yeah, pretty cool game. I'm glad I've got it in my collection, um, especially since level five. You don't really see them much anymore. And I think they actually were in trouble. We talked about it on the main show uh, a, a fair while ago now. That's fantasy life. One of the big ones at launch, uh, Resident Evil Revelations, uh, just a, an exclusive at the time Resident Evil game on uh, on <laughs> on the 3DS, and I I especially remember this one because uh, this brought out the whole thing, like you know, aiming on the 3DS just without a second stick was wasn't good, and uh, comparing it to the Vita, which did have a second stick, you know, I was like, oh, I wish it was just on kind of on Vita, you know. Um, 
but they brought out like an attachment for the 3ds <laughs> uh, the circle uh circle pad pro i think that thing was called it was like a little little boat your 3ds could sit in and you got access to a second circle pad and uh, i never ended up picking that up i just i just played uh with um resident resident evil um, just just on normal 3ds, I never end up picking up the boat just for this title. There weren't that many games you needed it for, unless you'd like you're really into Resident Evil and you wanted the optimum experience at the time to be able to play this game. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really awesome to have like a just a, a big Resident Evil game on a on a portable. We haven't really had that before, and uh, that was uh, for the first time on 3ds. The game has been since ported to like Wii U, PlayStation 3, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was on all the consoles, and it looks really nice on there too. So it's nice that game got a nice big glow up. The first Zelda game we're going to talk about here is Zelda Triforce Heroes. And uh, this was a multiplayer Zelda game where you team up with another two links. And you're able to sort of go through dungeons and do puzzles and work together. And it was uh, an, an interesting concept. It had like uh, the big thing was like co-op online or co- co-op just in person. And uh, none of my friends or Bryce or anyone ended up picking up this game. I, I picked it up because... Uh, it's a Zelda game. I want it in my collection. I would like to play it. You can play it by yourself, but it's not its not the experience you're probably after. <laughs> if you're just playing it by yourself, you can just like swap between uh, the three links as you need their abilities and items. But it's a nice little charming game. I do. Sh- I should get back to this at some point and, and uh, you know, get through it and maybe do an encore on it. It would be kind of fun. Uh, I was talking to Delfino on a Drew story the other day and she really loves this game because of like the amount of costumes you can go in. Like Link just has so many different outfits and different powers that come with every uh, every costume, which is pretty cool. So absolutely fantastic game. I, uh, yeah, I'd recommend picking it up for your collection. It's a first party Zelda game. So chuck it in your collection. A big one from Next Level Games, one of my favorite Nintendo developers, especially internal developers now that they've been purchased, is that Luigi's Mansion 2 on the Nintendo Switch. They brought Luigi's Mansion back for the first time since the early 2000s and uh, just a really nice rendition of it. But it lost a little bit of magic in some ways because they went, basically you go through different biomes and different mansions instead of just the the one uh, big mansion. Um, so it's, it's not as... Like the exploration isn't as uh, as rich, I'd say, but it was, a, it was a great game just going through it, Luigi's Mansion, and the 3D, especially in this game, looked awesome because it made each uh, sort of area, every room, a bit like a little diorama. And they with Luigi's Mansion three on Switch, like they just emphasise that where every little room, there's so many secrets, there's so many things to unlock and look at, and this in 3D with all the little rooms and all that was really really cool. So, yeah, just an absolutely fantastic game. If you haven't played it on 3DS, it's probably worth going back and checking it out if you enjoyed Lu- Luigi's Mansion uh, on, uh, on th- uh, what's it called, uh, Switch. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, in the States, this game's called uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and only in Europe, Australia, and the power regions. It's uh, Luigi's Mansion 2, which is strange. It's kind of a weird thing they did. But, yeah, I prefer it being called 2 because why not? It's not a spin-off. It's very much the second game. All right. So moving on to Alpha Dream, which has been, unfortunately, I think they went bankrupt and we won't see them anytime soon. But on 3DS, they remade a lot of their sort of uh, Mario RPG series, which we'll be touching on later. But this was a, an original one, a brand new one on for 3DS called Luigi, uh, sorry, Mario and Luigi Dream Team Bros. And uh, honestly, guys, this is one I haven't played. This is one I picked up much later. I've got the 
Nintendo Selects version, which, you know, if you're a collector, you probably know that if you've got the Selects version or the Platinum version or whatever that particular console does, it's it's nowhere near as good. They make the artwork smaller and they put this ugly banner on it. Um, but it's the one I... It was cheap. It was, it was cheap. It was out. And I'm glad I got at least a version of it. But uh, Mario and Luigi Adventure Through Luigi's Dreams. So I didn't have to check this one out. It looks like a, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, what they did with the art style on 3DS, they went to like a little bit weird. It's like a 3D-ish. Um, I don't like it as much as like the Game Boy Advance or the DS uh, um, Mario and Luigi series, but it's uh, definitely, definitely worth checking out. I need to go back and check this out. All right, next up is a Kirby game. Uh, Kirby Planet Robobot. And, oh, got a bit of a dent here on the, on the box here. That's a shame. Uh, this was an absolutely fantastic game. And I got, look, this is why you need demos uh, on your platform because I wasn't really interested in a Kirby game. It's another 2D Kirby game. Like, who, like, you know, who kind of cares? But uh, this one, this one was uh, pretty special because I just downloaded the demo willy-nilly and I enjoyed it so much. I said, oh, I've got to get a copy of this. That's for sure. So... Uh, I was in Melbourne one year for PAX and all of my mates went and watched uh, Doctor Strange. And for some reason, like the tickets were like 30 bucks. I'm like, look, I'm not that keen for Doctor Strange. And look, I watched it years later. It was, it was a good movie. I quite enjoyed Doctor Strange and he's got a, a lot of uh, importance in the MCU as far as like his uh, involvement in the latest Spider-Man movie and that. But don't worry about that. I didn't watch it at the time. I went and bought Kirby. I went to Swanson Street. I went to the Nintendo store and I'm like, I want a copy of your, I want, I want a nice fresh copy of a Kirby Planet Robobot. Thank you so much. And uh, I never played through all of it, um, but I was like dabbling in it, in and out when we were at PAX and I really enjoyed it. I love like jumping into the big armored robots and going through the level. It's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of exploration as you're going through collecting items, collectibles, uh, all of that, plenty of uh, abilities and stuff. I need to get back to it. It's definitely a title when I get my 3DS itch uh, to jump into. That's for sure. All right. Next up is Pilot Wings Resort. <laughs> and this is an interesting one. Is this a good game? Mm, questionable, especially when you know where it come from. So in Wii Sports Resort on the Wii, the, the follow-up to the big Wii Sports title uh, that got bundled, bundled with the system, there was a there was a uh, sort of a, a mode in that when you could fly a plane around Woohoo Island, which was like the, the island that's featured in Wii Fit and Wii Sports. It was kind of like an area that all those games shared, which is... Actually, a really cool concept. I really like that idea. But Pilot Wings Resort, it just pulled that sport or that mode or whatever you call it from Wii Sports Resort, pulled it from there and put it onto 3DS and put in uh, hang gliders and jetpacks. And all the missions and all the things were pretty similar except for, yeah, it just it wasn't, it didn't have more sports with it. And it was 60 bucks. And it was a launch title. I'm like, hmm, all right. Um, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Why I was fine with that is because Wii Sports Resort, I love that game so much. It's so much fun. Like the, obviously the bowling, the tennis, all of that. I love the sword fighting they put in there. But I think like their, their plane mode where you're controlling the plane with the Wiimote, all the collectibles and how that game worked where you've got a certain amount of time. So you've really got to pick what direction you go to to be able to unlock certain areas or get certain collectibles. Uh, so it was, um, it was uh, yeah, yeah. It pretty much just brought that to the handheld sense and the 3D was nice. It was sort of allowed you to like, you know, you're a jetpack and you can really see how far you've got to go down to like get an item or whatever. 
So yeah, I, I really do love this game and I want to go back to it and just muck around in it, to be honest. Now I'm holding it um, and just do some missions, go around Woohoo Island. I, there's lots of like nooks and crannies to get through uh, with the plane and pulling off different uh, sort of moves and that. It's uh, it's really fun. So it wasn't worth 60 bucks, but it's definitely, it's definitely a great title. I'm glad I picked it up. I definitely had a lot of fun with it in the handheld mode. All right, so this is one I picked up when the 3DS was, you know, uh, the EB Games was starting to get rid of their stock. Uh, so I got Puzzles and Dragons plus Puzzle and Dragons uh, Super Mario Edition. I haven't actually played it. I just picked it up because um, it was it was on clearance at uh, EB Games. I'm like, oh well, I'll put it on on my uh, on my <laughs> put it into my collection. That's what I'm looking for. So I haven't actually played it, but it's just nice to have in there. I got a European copy, which uh, for for you guys who import games or whatever, you know that like the cases are a little bit thicker. Um, and like in the DS days with the big thick clear cases i hated it so much <laughs> oh, i hated european boxes for ds games it looks so ugly but 3ds are okay that's a little bit thicker next up is uh, my own luigi bowser's inside story plus bowser jr's journey so this is a uh, basically a remake or a recreation of uh, the bowser's inside story game that was on nintendo ds and the original game i never played it and that's because, like, it. look, I love the Mario and Luigi RPG series. My first one was Partners in Time on DS and really love that game. It's awesome. But I wanted Inside Story, but, you know, I was a kid. I couldn't afford it straight away. So I remember looking at it at Target, 50 bucks. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll pick that up, you know. I don't know what I was doing at the time. When I get, when I get 50 bucks and I want to buy the game, I'll buy it. But for some reason, it went out of print so quick on DS. Like, it would have been literally a month and uh, when I think about uh, people today complaining about uh, 3D All-Stars on Switch being out of print by April uh, 2020, uh, well, what, you know, whatever it was, I can't quite remember. Uh, I think back to that game because that game didn't have like a shelf life or anything, but it just they stopped printing it in Australia really quick and I just could not find that game. So uh, having a 3DS copy was really nice, really nice. Um, and this game came out when the Switch was already on like, you know, full force out there. A lot of people weren't looking at uh, getting games for the 3DS, kind of myself included. I've got to be honest, guys, this copy did come from Nintendo Australia. I was really surprised for that. Like, hey, we'll send you a copy of this. I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> so that's really nice of them. Thank you so much to Nintendo Australia. They've been quite supportive um, of our little show here at the House of Mario. But um, I'm glad to have this in my collection, man, uh, especially since I could not get a DS version. Um Actually, now I think about it, I have a, I do have a copy on DS. It just doesn't have a case. I um I went on Facebook Marketplace and I got like two DSIs and it came with like Pokemon Platinum, Pokemon Black, Luigi's Mansion, um, not Luigi's Mansion, <laughs> uh, Bowser's Inside Story. So I think that was a really actually quite a nice little pickup uh, for like a hundred bucks or something. Like it was it was a bargain just for those three games, to be honest. Especially if you know how much the Pokemon games are selling for, even if they're not in the case. All right, next up is uh, Animal Crossing, but not the Animal Crossing you're thinking. This is Happy Home Designer. This is a spin-off Animal Crossing game where, you know, you're not walking around, um, or you are walking around, but it's not like your typical thing, planting trees or that. You're very much concentrating on, uh, you know, doing up people's houses and doing sort of commission jobs and all that. And uh, this is a game I sort of looked at and went, nah, don't really need that. Um, but this is another game at PAX, actually. I sat down at Nintendo booth. Um, if, you, if you've been to a big event like that, you know that, you walk around for hours and hours and you're like, oh God, I'm stuffed. And Nintendo had a 
it's so good. Nintendo Australia has like a really awesome sort of area where they've got beanbags and 3DSs. You can sit down and you can uh, sit, sit there and play them. Uh, really cool area. And uh, I'm like, oh, well, I'll play Animal Crossing. I, I don't have that. I don't need to play Mario Kart 7 for the for the hundredth time. So I sat down and played this. I'm like, I really like this. This is fun. It's got like a lot more emphasis on sort of designing homes, like I, like I said. And like especially um, before the most recent Switch one, uh, you know, decorating houses, it wasn't that fun. You know, you basically just like throw down an item, you like push, 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 rotate, rotate. And it's a bit clunky, it's a bit whatever. But this one, you're very much just able to like use the bottom screen, just, or I can't remember if it's the bottom screen, but you just use, use the touch controls with your ventry, just put, put, put it down exactly where you want it, move it very easy. You don't have to do it like with your third person character. Uh, very cool game, very cool game. Um, and I'm glad they brought like a lot of these features into the new Animal Crossing. So um, you can see where, you know, their thinking goes as far as being able to renovate um, homes in the brand new Animal Crossing. Probably one of the most important 3DS games and especially for this series, Fire Emblem Awakening. What an important game for the Fire Emblem series. Just in the in the way that, you know, this, this series would have died if it wasn't for this game. And I think just like this was all or nothing as far as production, story, gameplay, getting new casuals in with uh, brand new accessibility modes. This was this was it. This was it. And while it didn't necessarily sell me on Fire Emblem uh, necessarily, uh, I just it just didn't really click with me as and, and as much as I wanted to, it just didn't. But what I love about it is the characters. I love like the anime cutscenes. They looked gorgeous. In fact, I wish they were just like I want to watch them on just my PlayStation Vita or something that had a bit better screen. They were just that gorgeous. Uh, it was awesome. And just, uh, it's also like the first Fire Emblem to have like, um, you know, not just have permadeath for all your characters. And I know like a lot of Fire Emblem purists out there are like, oh, look, that's not how you play Fire Emblem. And look, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't particularly want to have to deal with like losing a character and be like, all right, I've got to reset because... There are titles where I want hardcore modes included in them. Pokemon being one of them. I would love like a permadeath in Pokemon. I think that would be awesome. But just a title that I'm not all that familiar with, uh, I didn't need that. So just, this brought, it allowed people to bring, uh, it allowed people to actually get involved with Fire Emblem for the first time. And a lot of uh, games, Fire Emblem games came out on 3DS. I don't think I bought any more of them after this one. Um, at least I don't think so. <laughs> I've actually kind of forgotten a lot of the games I got. Maybe I got some for collection purposes, but this was like the one I picked up. But absolutely awesome. And Fire Emblem's still going strong on Switch. It's one of Nintendo's probably most important niche titles, I'd say. I wouldn't say like, it's definitely not like um, up there, but it, it rounds out their portfolio really well. All right, this is a game from Ubisoft. So Rayman 3D, a launch title. Uh, I believe, is it Rayman? Was it Rayman 2 or 3 this is a port of? I actually can't remember. I can't remember. But anyway, this was fun. This was cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of Rayman. Rayman is an awesome character. And I think like Rayman Legends and Rayman Origins are some of my, if not my favorite 2D platformers. They are fantastic games. And now that Ubisoft's all focused on NFTs, Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't give a shit. But when that was going on, just, oh, it was so good. Just like the UB, the UBR initiative and like those games are beautiful, beautiful. And just, I miss them so much. But after uh, playing Rayman 3D, I definitely appreciate the 3D side of Rayman as well. And the 3D was implemented pretty well. Like it hurt my eyes. I don't know if that was because of 
just like the port and making it into 3D. Um, it obviously wasn't like a natively made 3D game for 3DS. So, but definitely happy I got it. Uh, got it. I actually uh, got a really good deal for my launch 3DS from uh, Dick Smith here in Australia before it was um, closed down and rebranded as an online store. I've got like a three. I got the 3DS off for like must have got it 80 bucks off, and it came with uh, this game for free, which is awesome. And you could pick a. Uh, you could actually pick Rayman 3D. It was a Ghost Recon launch game, I believe. Something like that. I can't I never played it. Um Yeah, you might have got to choose between those two. I chose Rayman. Fantastic. Love Rayman. I want more Rayman in my life. <laughs> Alright. So the most important uh 3DS title of them all, probably, uh Mario Kart 7. We talked about the importance of this game's release to really stand up to Sony and just put the nail in their coffin like in the first <laughs> first like couple of months that system uh, existed. But Mario Kart 7, so uh I love the changes they made. I love underwater, I love going on the glider. Uh a lot of great levels were included in this. The battle mode was okay. I don't love battle modes in Mario Kart, but are timed. I think since the inclusion of online battle modes, like uh, the battles can't go on forever. So they've got to put a timer on it, which I think is bad. I think that ruins uh, what we experienced in Mario 64 uh, battle mode. We're on block four. It's the final two. We're trying to look for each other and like it's fun. And we've got as long as we want to do it and we can run and hide or we can get aggressive and go after each other. You just can't do that when it's timed. It's just, oh, I've got to get points and people come back and they just lose some points. It's just nowhere near as fun. That's why I feel like we need a battle royale mode for Mario Kart. As silly as that sounds, just like a way to like make make the course smaller, knock people out and get down to that final two and see, and it just comes down to that final item. Will it be a green shell that you've got to have precision and aim or a blue shell, which just like, it's a win button. And I think that would be so much fun. If anyone disagrees, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm joking. But I think that would be awesome. But at Mario Kart 7, the battle mode was, look, it, it was better than the Wii version. The Wii version, they completely destroyed battle mode. Um, but you could tell this game was rushed to launch, um, uh, mainly just because it didn't have a quick play mode. You couldn't just uh, you couldn't just fire up your 3DS and be like, all right, I want to play on Mushroom Gorge. You couldn't. You had to play through the GP. You had to play through all four courses. And that was like the only Mario Kart game, especially around this time, where that was the case. I'm, I'm baffled to this day that <laughs> you couldn't do that. It was really annoying. But everything else was good about it. It was uh, really fun. Felt great. The new power sliding mechanics were fantastic. The items, uh, there's a brand new sort of mechanic in the game called Lucky 7, where you could get like seven items and fire them all off at once. Uh, there was a similar mechanic in Mario Kart 8 where it's called great eight or something. I can't quite remember, but yeah, the lucky seven was really, really cool. Uh, so yeah, great Mario Kart game. It's definitely not in my like top Mario Kart games though. I think, I think really Mario Kart eight just builds upon what this game does and just made it way better. So it's not really a Mario Kart I'll go back to. Um, like I would go back to Mario Kart DS. I would go back to Double Dash. I would go back to Mario six, uh, Mario Kart 64. Like there's a lot of different mechanics in a lot of those games, but Mario Kart seven is like the beta version of eight pretty much. Um, so yeah, but enjoyed it very much at the time. That's for sure. All right. Uh, Lu- uh Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus, uh, Bowser's Minions. So this was a Bowser, oh, not a Bowser, a remake of uh, Superstar Saga on Game Boy Advance. 
and uh, just uh, another fantastic game from this series. And the the initial game on Game Boy Advance was uh, was the first in the series, and it was uh, really great, great writing, a really funny boss, uh, sort of really funny uh, dialogue, but well, not even dialogue, but just the like, interactions between Mario and Luigi, uh, just. Fantastic game. I definitely recommend the RPG series uh, for Mario uh, on 3DS. You can play almost all of them. Par- Partners in Time never come. To- no, Partners in Time didn't come to it, but I think the rest did. So this one and uh, yeah, Bowser's Fury. Was there any other on DS? I think that's it. Yeah, so yeah, you can play pretty much all of them apart from that one. But of course, you got backwards compatibility, so it's all good. All right, this was another game I got from EB Games for like the clearance. Uh, it's uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force, and I uh, I haven't really I haven't played it apart from Blast Ball, which was actually a free uh, download on the Gee Shop, so I didn't even play it on the cart. I downloaded it, um, but there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of back and forth about this game. Everyone at E3 one particular year was very, very sort of disappointed <laughs> in the title because it included Metroid Prime. Uh, the branding, but it <laughs> didn't bring the spirit or Samus or the story or anything like that, uh, which is hilarious. Um, look, I think it's a pretty pretty good game. I think like the blast ball aspect of it was good. I think like the co-op sort of uh, playing as uh, like the different suits and that was awesome as well. Uh, but it just uh, it didn't. It's been a long time between Metroid games, so this would have been this would have been a great game if there was also like a a more traditional maybe Metroid game to go along with it. Similar to um, maybe Dread and Metroid Prime 4, uh, what we're getting on Switch. But what, what's, what's funny about this game is it's, uh, it's it's developed by Next Level Games. So it is a shame that they got shunned so much because it just got a bad name because of its Metroid Prime association. And the look of the game, chibi, looks a bit funny, you know, whatever. But great developers so definitely worth checking out i need to uh, fire up my 3ds and see if i can play by myself all right so this one is a uh, paper mario sticker star and this is basically the i guess the sister to the mario and luigi rpg series i never got into these paper mario games as much i know that uh, on the gamecube especially the thousand uh a thousand year old door. Is that, is that the name of the game? Thousand year door. Is it thousand year old door? <laughs> I didn't play it, um, but I did play uh, Paper Mario sixty four, which is a lot of fun. It's uh, on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online app now. If you get the expansion pass, but um, since like the three DS, they just they made it. I think they tried to splinter off from being more of an RPG. It's very much based on collecting stickers and using them in your inventory and. Ever since this game, it very much become that. And I fell off of it. I um, got a little bit bored of it, to be honest. The story didn't bring you through it that much. And also the the combat wasn't that fun. So it's very much a game I'd put down. And um, honestly, I wasn't that interested in Paper Mario too much after that. I never picked up uh, Color Splash on Wii U. Even though I know the writing and that's pretty uh, good in that. But yeah, not my favorite game on the on the platform. Next up is uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. I picked this up because I wanted to get into Monster, Monster Hunter. I wanted to get into Monster Hunter a couple of times uh, throughout the releases. And um, this one wasn't the one that got me in, but I'm glad I've got it in my collection anyway. Any game that I've gotten, I haven't played. It's like, cool, I've, I've got it. I, at least I collect these games. I'm not just, well, I am wasting my money, but <laughs> it's still very much a collection. But uh, a lot of people really like this one. Like it's cool that... Uh, 
this was another sort of nail in the Vader's coffin that, you know, Monster Hunter wasn't going to Sony's platform anymore. It was uh, exclusive on Nintendo platforms. Like the fourth installment in the series was 3DS, not on Vita. If Vita had access to this game, it might have been a lot better in Japan. But yeah, it wasn't until, I guess, Monster Hunter World where the series really kicked off, which was on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and PC. But yeah, cool to have it in my collection. I still... Uh, like with Monster Hunter Rise and World, I've I've bought those games as well. I still haven't really got into the series. It's still yet to still yet to grab my attention. But another game I got because of because uh, of friends who were into the series, I got Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance. And like my friends, like oh, I'm really excited. I'm like, yeah, it's a big. Th- it was a big launch at the time. It was probably like the biggest game of the month. Big exclusive Kingdom Hearts game. Cool. I've never played a game in the series in my life, and don't know. I got it, and I didn't really play it. I don't really have that much interest, but I think since Sora is now in Super Smash Brothers, I want to play through the games and I'd like to do it on Switch in handheld mode, get through them. But since they're cloud versions, I don't know what they're doing. I'm sure they can release uh I'm sure they can release some 2D oh sorry, some PlayStation 2 games on Switch. Surely, but has to be cloud. All right, next up is a cool RPG from Square Enix and they go on to have a really great relationship with uh, with uh, Nintendo, especially the recently released Triangle Strategy coming from uh, the same team, I believe. I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it is. Uh, Bravely Default. This was a really gorgeous RPG, awesome art style, um, just how you go for the game. And it's really interesting, the combat in this game too, how it was really customizable and you were able to make it as kind of easy or as hard as you want it to be. Take away all of the sort of uh, annoyances from the RPG experience that you want. Like you could turn off, uh, you could turn off uh, random encounters and stuff. Like if you just want to get back to the town, turn them off. Like you don't have to waste your time. This isn't an old like Super Nintendo RPG, uh, even though it takes very much from the the atmosphere in that of it. But really cool. I never played through all of it, uh, but it's a nice game to have in my collection. And they did bring out uh, Bravely Default the second or something. I forgot it was cool, but I did, didn't pick that one up because I didn't finish the first game. I forgot I had this. This was not, this was... I didn't realize I had so many of these games. Uh, Mario and Luigi uh, Paper Jam Bros. And this kind of took, it kind of blended both the series together. And I heard like some some things that maybe not really want to play it, mainly that like there's lots of uh, fetch quests of having to find toads. And that didn't sound like fun at all to me. So I, I didn't really fire this game up. But this was a game I got like for 20 bucks or whatever it was when EB Games was closing down. <sighs> all right. So this is a, this is annoying. So when I did this order at EB Games, I got a heap of games. I got so many, but I did an order online and I got Tetris Ultimate, which is a version of Tetris uh, made by and published by Ubisoft, but it didn't come with the cover, which was a real shame. So I just got this, I got, I got the case, but it just, uh, just didn't come with the cover, which is very disappointing. Very much sucks. It might as well just throw it in the bin at this point. <laughs> No, I won't throw it in the bin, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, disappointing. But while we're talking about a game case with no cover, remember when I first got the 3DS cases, they got little squares cut out in them and that was basically just to use less plastic in the game cases. And while that's good for the environment and good for Nintendo saving money, I guess, uh, it kind of sucks. It makes like, the cases feel way more flimsy than the DS Breverance, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, they feel they feel nice enough. They're better than Xbox One cases. Oh, they suck. 
like with Game Pass and get, buying games on Xbox, it's like very much like those cases feel so flimsy. The disc falls out all the time. The disc is on the opposite side. So, uh, yeah, they won't make me complain about 3DS games as much. Another cool uh, franchise that I got into on the uh, 3DS was Rhythm Paradise Megamix, uh, developed by the same team that develops WarioWare. It very much takes a, a similar sort of approach, but instead of Wario and friends, it's very much like these uh, these strange characters, which, which kind of uh, reminisce like your WarioWare characters without the actual Mario, um, I guess, influence with Wario and that. But it's very much uh, just uh, rhythm-based quick micro games which you can jump into. And uh, the 3DS was uh, the 3DS version was great of this. It started on Nintendo DS, which was um, fun. Do I have it on DS? I think I actually did pick up a couple in couple on a copy on DS. So yeah, cool game. I didn't play a whole lot of it. This was a later game I picked up. Oh, this is a big one. So Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D. So I never played Majora's Mask on Nintendo 64 to completion. I started, <laughs> it's one of those games you start, you fall off. Ah, I forgot what happens. Start, <laughs> fall off. <laughs> Whether it's on a, a Wii Virtual Console or just emulators on your PC, fell off it that many times. And to be honest, guys, Majora's Mask on 3DS was a very similar situation where... I um I fell off again, <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, we'll talk about these remakes from Grezzo a bit more when we get to Ocarina of Time. Next up is uh, Metroid Samus Returns that I've got here, and it was nice to see see them see them return to um to Metroid. I didn't mean to say it like that, <laughs> yeah, but really cool. Uh, just the mechanics and how it went on to become Dread, really refined. Uh, with like um, the Switch's controls with uh, the latest title, but really, really cool game. Good to see Metroid on the system. It's been a bloody long time, especially since everyone was complaining about Federation Force. It was nice to see a really fantastic iteration come out on 3DS, even though it was a bit delayed and it came out when the Switch was already already firing on all cylinders. What we got here is Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. So... This is probably a title you might put in your collection if you want to, like, just, uh, you know, have it. But Definitive Edition is on Nintendo Switch now, and that is much better looking and performs better, has more features and all that. But Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 3D is notable because it's one of the only new 3DS-only titles. So there was a couple of games made only for the new 3DS that only worked with, like, the improved RAM of the brand-new systems so it utilized that for the big open world, which actually looks not too bad considering it's on a tiny little handheld that was at this point pretty old apart from a RAM upgrade. But uh, this this version had a couple of exclusives. You're able to basically go through um, like the, the collection of music in the game, kind of like what you expect from Super Smash Brothers or a title like that. So it was, it's good just having the collection. I got it for like 10 or 20 bucks. I saw it at a GB Hi-Fi online and I picked it up then. Next up is uh, what we're talking about before, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D. And this was one of the big titles we were waiting for for the 3DS. Um, when the 3DS initially got la- uh, announced, sorry, uh, they just shown so many games. It was like, oh my God, there's going to be an amazing launch lineup. There's like 13 games. Like they're showing everything from Animal Crossing to Mario Kart to not Luigi's Mansion, but this is one of the games. So I was like, oh my God, they're remaking Ocarina of Time. And 
we had to wait a few months. We had to wait until June that year, I believe. And it turned out to be absolutely fantastic. Obviously, Ocarina of Time, you cannot really... It's a classic. It's a classic. You can't you can't doubt that. But uh, what they did with this game is they just refined it, made the graphics look good. Uh, the controls with the gyro uh, controls were fantastic. Uh, just aiming everything. A couple of changes to like the water temple and some of the temples that were a bit more tricky. Now, this game was in my in my pile of shame for years. So the game come out and I remember I got stuck in the water temple. I'm like, well, well, everyone gets stuck in the water temple. Apparently it's just infamous. And I could not find my way out of this thing. I could not. And uh, I put it down and forgot about it. Probably continued on with school or life or playing a different game. And then I'm like, I've got to go back and play Ocarina of Time. Like I can't. I can't not play Ocarina of Time and be a Nintendo fan. Like, it's just, it's not allowed, I don't think. Um, of, of, of course, if you haven't played Ocarina of Time, it's fine. <laughs> There's no pressure. You can be a fan and just play just Mario Kart. It's all good. Uh, but I, I needed to finish it just for my own sanity. But going back to it, I'm like, oh, look, I've forgotten what keys I've gotten now because it's been that long. And I was in a real pickle. I'm like, I don't know. I do not know what I'm doing. Uh, so I left it for years. I don't think it was until like 2018 or something, but I went back and like, I've got to, I've got to get out of this water temple. So I pulled up a guide. I backtracked to the chest. I'm like, okay, that chest is open. I have that key. I've opened that door and I followed back my footsteps and I finally beat the water temple. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank God. It was just like, uh, it was embarrassing at some point. I was like, man, I just wanted to get this game finished. So it was at the time I was doing the House of Mario at the time, and I finished it. I'm like, thank God, I can't, I can't be a Nintendo podcaster and be stuck in the water temple <laughs> of Ocarina of Time. Just, uh, just no good. But anyway, next up is one of my favorite games on the system. It's my second most played game. It's Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 3DS, and yes, that is what it's called. It's called Smash Brothers for 3DS. And the first time the series has been on the handheld system, really, really awesome game, guys. It, it, I can't believe how well Sakurai and the Smash Brothers team got it working on 3DS. Like 60 frames a second, no hiccups, looks nice, easy to see on a small screen, no matter what uh, version of the 3DS you're playing on. Uh, just really, really fantastic. And actually, it's funny because like on the sort of like on, on the original 3DS, if you can't go back to the home menu, it uses like all the RAM uh, that, that that system allows. So until you get like a brand new 3DS, um, you couldn't just go back to the home menu and jump back into the game willy-nilly. But this game was really cool. It introduced a brand new mode, which was exclusive to this game. It wasn't in the Wii U one or a title ever since uh, called Smash Run. And Smash Run was really cool because you're like, you're running through it, you're upgrading your character, you're collecting items, uh, whether they're items to help you in that run or collectibles like trophies and soundtracks. And uh, you're looking to basically beat your high score and get some nice loot. And in the handheld setting, it was really, really cool. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun just to open that up and play it and get through it. And look, the lead up to these games, it was so exciting. I could I could not contain my excitement. This game came out in October and then the Wii U version came out in December and like realistically, after the Wii U version came out, it was very much, we played pretty much always on Wii U. 
But, um, you know, when we didn't have that option, we all sat together playing it on 3DS. And I think this is a really good version of Smash Brothers. I think it is probably worth going back to it, even if you want to check out some of the uh, modes that weren't in Smash Brothers Ultimate and all that. I think it's really cool. Um, what Nintendo Australia also did, I believe they did it in the rest of the world too, but they uh, introduced a, a, like an exclusive demo if you're signed up to my Nintendo and potentially they'll send out uh, codes, or four codes that you can share with your friends as well for the game so you can play uh, m- multiplayer. And I remember hearing about it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Oh, oh my God, oh my God. And I went and checked my email and there it was, codes for a demo for Super Smash Brothers for 3DS like, like uh, months before the game came out. And I played that demo so much. Everyone talks about, say, demos they got with uh, with like a PlayStation 1 magazines and all that. But the demo for me was for Super Smash Bros. for 3DS. I played it for hours and hours and hours. That's all I played until the lead up to the game. And in, in the demo, you can only do like two two-minute matches with Mario, Mega Man, Pikachu. Who was the last one? can't quite remember but there's four characters you could you could play as and i played it so much i played it way too much so fantastic i i one of the favorite games on the system by far uh sushi striker the way of uh, shusido shu shu shuido okay sorry about the butchering of the name there but this was a game that came out on 3ds and switch at the same time and the game is it's a it's a puzzle game where you're sort of uh sort of serving sushi and you've got to line up certain uh, dishes of sushi and it's got a pretty cool little story mode with animated cutscenes and all of that it's actually pretty cool um so i didn't pick it up on switch and i didn't get it on switch because i wasn't that interested i didn't want to pay 80 bucks um but also because on 3DS, you could use the stylus and it's just a lot more precise just lining up all the lines and everything you need to do for this game. Whereas on Switch, you're just using your finger or if it's on the TV, the uh, like the controller, which was just far too slow to be able to do it. So if you're into uh, like puzzle games, you want to play through the story of this uh, Nintendo title, probably 3DS is the way to go. I remember Luke definitely recommended it on uh, 3DS from our Discord community. He's an absolutely fantastic guy. And he... Uh, <laughs> He like, you know, he stuck with 3DS like for a long time. And I remember him getting like certain games. I think he got like Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on 3DS. I'm like, I don't quite see why you'll do that over over the Switch version. But to be honest, I wish I got some of these games on 3DS. Like Captain Toad on 3DS would be actually really cool. So who's the silly one now, Drew? You silly boy. You should have got Captain Toad. I love Captain Toad so much. So good. All right, next game is a uh, WarioWare Gold, and big WarioWare fan uh, Bryce and I were so excited to get WarioWare on Switch. But um, WarioWare Gold, really cool, just a compilation of the, basically the past uh, the past WarioWare games. Uh, so a lot of different sort of uh, input methods for this game. It's got the buttons, touch screen, you can twist, and there's a Game Boy Advance game where you got a, a bit of an add-on. You could put it into the Game Boy Advance, and you could like twist and. Uh, do motion controls for that game. So all of those micro games are in this, as well as the microphone that utilized uh, micro games from the WarioWare Touched on DS. And uh, yeah, got through this game pretty quickly and there's like a bunch of like high scores and collectibles and all of that to go through. So a lot of replay value if you just want something to pick up and play on um, on your 3DS. But WarioWare, uh, it's definitely one of the better games, but it's also probably the game I've played the least just because of its nature on 3DS. Oh, look at this one. The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds and... Oh, wow. This game rocks. This game is so good. It came out the same day uh, Super Mario 3D World came out on the Wii U. 
And I was more excited for like the big um, console game, big console Mario game. And this this game, it had like a funny art style. Like it looks kind of, I don't know, at the time it just looked a bit weird, just the way Nintendo was showing it at Nintendo Directs and stuff. But playing the game just sort of blew me away, just the mechanics and the world and even the story, the way uh, Nintendo was experimenting with dungeons and item use and the overworld and how it tied back into A Link to the Past and holy crap this game is good this is a this is a 9.5 or 10 out of 10 game this is a must play 3ds game 100 maybe one of the best on the platform itself um so basically there's a there's a item shop where you could go and buy items and that sort of allowed you to go to particular dungeons that needed that item you could choose basically what dungeon you wanted to do uh, first, at the start of the game, you can have access to three dungeons. When you do them, you can go into a, another set of dungeons and choose basically what you want to do. And it's a lot of fun to like acquire these items, get enough rupees to move on. The main mechanic was like being a painting on the wall, and you basically merge with the wall, and you're able to like walk along paths on the wall, and then they can take you to other parts of the of the map that are inaccessible. They can take you through portals to another version of Hyrule called Low Rule which is a major part of the story. And it was just unreal. Like the dungeons, everything about this game. This game is a game I need to replay uh, soon, I feel like. I don't think I will just with the amount of uh, stuff I'm playing this year. But really, really awesome, guys. Fantastic title. Next up, Tamadachi Life. This was a funny one. This was really random. So a game that utilizes Miis and there isn't really any gameplay, but the whole sort of aspect of this uh, this title is to see how your Miis interact with one another. And on 3DS, it was a lot of fun because you could just scan QR codes and bring in other people's uh, Mii creations uh, from online. So people can make like celebrities or their friends or cartoon characters. And you could have like Reggie fils talking to Donald Duck or <laughs> whatever have you and see how they react and just put all your friends into the game and see what they're all doing. It's a, lot, it was a real silly little game. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, like when I bought it at the time, was it worth 60 bucks? I don't think so. Don't think so. Especially when there was a, there was like a sort of a, a mobile app. It was Nintendo's first mobile app um, that came out, which was pretty much this game, just uh, a little bit different. But yeah, it's cool to have it. It's, it's a really interesting sort of, uh, sort of take on what they're doing. All right, we've got Star Fox 64 3D. And this was a remake of Lilac Wars on the Nintendo 64. And it was just a, another really great uh, Nintendo 64 recreation of the game, making its graphics nice and Star Fox worked really well with the 3D. And, uh, you know, also just a super replayable game when you can pick your different paths you go down. And it's, more, it's very much like an arcade game where you're, like, picking your path and it doesn't take too long to beat, um, especially if you've, like, played it a couple of times and you know the mechanics. So it's great to have this on 3DS. It's been a long time since I played Star Fox 64. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> I got uh, what's this one? Uh, Shenran Kagura burst, <laughs> and this is like one of my uh, I guess third party titles I actually picked up from uh, from Europe. I got imported from Oz Game Shop, which uh, rest in peace. It's nowhere near as cheap anymore, but it used to be really cheap. So I got this for a reasonable price. It's basically like a fighting game, and as you're fighting, like the woman's clothes are like. <laughs> falling off to the point where like you know 
you can you can see a bit. It's obviously not nudity. It's sixteen. It's rated sixteen, Peggy plus or whatever the European rating is. But interesting title. I don't know why I bought it necessarily. I thought it would just be. I don't know. Maybe it's a horny teenager. I don't know why I bought it. <laughs> uh, next up, Animal Crossing New Leaf, which was uh, one uh, the Animal Crossing community's probably favorite Animal Crossing. It'd probably be one of the best Animal Crossing, if not the best one even over um, New Horizons on Switch, honestly, just with the amount of content in here and the diversity between what each village says and what you can do. But a really, really awesome Animal Crossing. I love World uh, Wild World on the original DS. I thought it was awesome. Uh, and I was looking forward to getting into another handheld Animal Crossing. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know, my friends sort of fell off of it. So I fell off it a little bit as well. How many hours did I put into this? I'm just going to go down my 3DS now. About 19 hours, yeah, almost 20 hours. I didn't play it that much at all, which is disappointing. I wish I kept with it a lot more. This is one of those games, especially on the lead up to um, Animal Crossing New Horizons, when I was talking to Bobby, like, you know, Bobby and the Animal Crossing community uh, on the lead up, like, it was just a massive love for New Leaf. And I, I understand why. I just wish I didn't fall off, but I did. <laughs> a game I picked up... Uh, Pretty soon after the 3DS uh, launched, was a FIFA 2012. I just wanted like a you know a handheld FIFA game to play. I quite like playing FIFA. I don't pick it up every year. I pick it up like every now and again um, on Game Pass now. They come available like six months later, so I just sort of play the whatever's free. But I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it on on 3DS. Going back to it now, I'd be like be like be horrible. I dare say, but it's cool at the time. Here we go. Here's one of my, I don't know. This has to be like my favorite 3DS game almost. Top three anyway. Kid Icarus Uprising. We talk about it a lot on the house, Murray. We want another one. We want a port. I don't know. We want something. We want a sequel. Whatever it is, I want a sequel. Oh, I want something. Just give me some, give me some Kid Icarus, please. Uh, look, this game, at least from a retro-minded uh, people, um, you know, Kid, Kid, Kid Icarus Uprising is basically not a Kid Icarus game that you would expect. It's not a, a 2D platformer. It's not like an it's not an adventure game. It's on-rails shooter uh, on 3DS where you utilize the touchscreen to move your reticle with the stylus. And it kind of uses uh, Pitt's characteristics from Super Smash Bros. Brawl where they actually gave him a personality and different weapons and uh, kind of rebranded the character. And Pit in Super Smash Bros. Brawl was my favorite character. He uh, was uh, absolutely fantastic to use. I loved his personality. I loved everything about him. So him getting a full game, utilizing that character, giving giving him like a really robust story, which I love to this day. Uh, it's just absolutely awesome. I can't recommend this game enough. Like Honestly, the only downside to this title is the controls. The controls are a bit cumbersome, especially if you're playing back in... Oh, 2012 when the game came out. Uh, it, was, it was hard to hold the little 3DS and your little stylus aiming. And it was even at the point where Nintendo decided that they needed to include a little 3DS stand to put your 3DS up on to play the game. Um, but that, I enjoyed the game so much, but I didn't even think about it, to be honest. I, I, um, I sat on the couch with headphones on, taking in all the dialogue. And what's really cool about this is like you you're on rails, you're shooting, you're aiming for scores. Before you start the, the, the level or the stage, you're able to choose how hard it is and that determines uh, the amount of rewards you'll get if you complete that stage. And as you're going along, 
Uh, all the characters are talking to one another. So Pitt is talking to Palutena, all of like the ensemble cast, the bad guy Hades and his minions, they're all talking to you as well. And while if you're not into games that <laughs> talk all the time, like just giving you dialogue and story progression and all that, you might not like it. You might just want to sit there and turn it off and just go for high scores. But for me, it was kind of like just like taking it all in. It gave every character so much personality and the voice acting was done really well. So I, I can't talk I can't talk any higher of this game. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, some of Sakurai's best work outside of Super Smash Brothers. Awesome title. It needs it needs to be put onto a system that uh, just has has the controls where people don't diss it because of that. So Kid Icarus on Switch would be awesome, man. I it's definitely the next title I want now that Super uh, oh, sorry that uh, Mario Strikers is coming to Switch. Next one is Kid Icarus. That is my game. And uh, we're getting to the end here, guys. Next up is like all my Pokemon titles. But before we get into that, we've got a new Super Mario Bros. 2, a new Super Mario Bros. 1 on the DS. I thought it was really cool. I loved it. I loved how they brought uh, old classic Mario into the, to, uh, I guess, a 3D approach with like triple jumps and wall jumps and stuff like that. It was really cool. Um, but by the time this game came out, it's like, oh, I've kind of seen it a lot now. Can you change it up a little bit? <laughs> like the, the Wii version was fair enough, you know. I never actually picked up the Wii version. I didn't really, wasn't interested enough for 80 bucks as a kid. But the gimmick in this is that you can just collect a whole heap of coins. It's on the back here, what does it say? Collect more coins than ever before in courses jam-packed with power-ups and helpful features. So like you can just collect hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coins. So having lives is not an objective. But towards the end of the game, there's like an objective to get like, I think it's a million coins. So it was just fun just to, <laughs> overdose on coins and I can't really remember the levels or anything like that or never played co-op or whatever have you but it was just fun just to collect a whole heap of coins and it's like the only Mario title that's done that and I don't know if um yeah don't know if I need to replay it necessarily either they all blend in so yeah all right so that's all my uh sort of other games let's get into some Pokemon ones I've separated these out just so, yeah, I've got a lot of them because <laughs> I bought a double each version. So let's get into them. Get over here. All right. First up is a, a cheapie I picked up. It's a Pokemon Super Rumble. A Super Rumble. No, Super Pokemon Rumble. <laughs> uh, I picked this up for 15 bucks. I never played it. I was never interested in the Rumble titles. Um, didn't really interest me. But for 15 bucks, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like in my collection, it's a Pokemon game. You know, I might get 30 bucks for it now. So. <laughs> Double in price. That'd be cool. Uh, next up is a is a cool, probably the coolest spinoff um, for the 3DS as far as Pokemon goes. Uh, Detective Pikachu, which got its movie, which is pretty nice. Um, yeah, pr a cool game. It's like a nice little like sort of point collect detective game. Uh, cool cutscenes, fully voice acted, which was nice as well. Uh, you can There's an easy mode that you can jump into if you're not really interested in all the figuring, figuring out of uh, who did what and the puzzles, but it's very, uh, very unique Pokemon title, which was cool. And um, hopefully we'll get Detective Pikachu 2 soonish. I don't need it just now, not this year, but uh, I think it'll be good. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, big fan of the Mystery Dungeon series. And this was a cool one. Just ha it had so many Pokemon in the game. According to the back of the box, that's 720 species. So that's a massive amount to include in the Mystery Dungeon game, all of their own different characters. And while it's not my favorite, my favorite one is uh, Explorers of Darkness and Time. 
those two titles. Uh, this was a really good one as well. But I didn't play. I don't really play Mystery Dungeon much on 3DS. All right, we'll organize these a bit. So we go to the the mainline Pokemon games. So we've got Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. I enjoy these games enough. Uh, I think they introduce a bunch of fantastic elements to the to the Pokemon franchise, but they're probably some of my least favorite games. I haven't really, I can't think of if they're my least favorite or not, but honestly, um, just the, the, what kills me about these games is just that the characters talk and talk and talk and talk, and the story isn't really put across that well, even though it's pretty cool. But the introduction of regional forms, like Alola forms, Alolan forms. So then you've got like Alolan Volpix and Alolan uh, Ninetales, Alolan um, Exeggutor. Like there's lots of cool to like, there's lots of stuff to like about this game. And I think the story is pretty well put together. Just I wish it could be told a little bit better because even in the anime, it's uh, told better. But what, what kind of, what annoys me the most is just like the next year, <laughs> they brought out the second versions, which improved a lot of what happened with Pokemon Sun and Moon. But since they weren't my favorite games, I wasn't that keen to replay it again with a couple of differences and the main differences are towards the end of the game so i these are like the the, the only mainline pokemon games I, ha, I have not finished i've not finished my copy of a uh, ultra moon that i've got here i've still got ultra sun in its uh in its wrapping so i don't know i don't know how much that'll be worth now but i'm not interested in selling it but i should look it up actually i didn't know i still had it in its wrapping which is pretty cool then we got uh, we go back to Generation Six. We got Pokemon Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. These were remakes I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> uh, my first Pokemon games were Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. I think they were awesome games. And uh, Pokemon Emerald is probably my favorite Pokemon game of all time, just for the like the Battle Frontier and just the region itself. And because I'm you know, biased because it's Hoenn was my first region, so I, I've been I was waiting for remakes for. For years, when these got announced, I was ecstatic. I was so excited. Implementing Mega Revolution and that from X and Y, really, really cool. But I kind of, I, I think I beat the first gym, but I kind of lost interest. It was weird. Uh, you know, I just lost interest. And I don't think it was until, no, it wasn't. It, yeah, so these games came out in 2014. It wasn't until uh, the lead up to Pokemon Sun and Moon in 2016 with Pokemon Go and all of that uh, Harbor Blue, what was going on. I um I picked it up then and I f finished it then, which was yeah. So I didn't finish like my most anticipated games for like another two years, which was you know looking back on it, I was like yeah I found them a little bit disappointing, but at the same time they were good games. They just didn't live up to what I would have liked from my favorite game being remade. But that is what it is. It's all good. And uh, last but not least, the very first mainline Pokemon games to come to the 3DS was Pokemon X and Pokemon Y. These games are awesome. Um, just no post-game content. That's that's sort of the issue with it. Uh, I loved progressing through the uh, the Kalos region. And yeah, really, really awesome titles. But yeah, just uh, not much to do at the end. Like the inclusion of Mega Evolution was a great idea. I enjoyed it playing the games. As far as competitive goes, I think it is a little bit stagnant in the way it sort of forces you to choose a mega evolution because you're able to basically uh, take up the item slot of that particular Pokemon to mega evolve with the mega stones. So you've got to choose basically what Pokemon you want to um, mega mega evolve. 
and that kind of makes it less flexible in the battle. Like if something happens, you can't be like, all right, well, I won't mega evolve my Charizard because he's got his Blastoise mega evolved. Maybe I'll go to Venusaur instead. Like you don't have that flexibility unless like you just forfeit the um, items on both slots, which could be maybe detrimental to your strategy. But um, all in all, that doesn't matter anymore. Mega evolutions are gone, which I'm actually probably one of the only people in the Pokemon community that that appreciates that. <laughs> But um, yeah, Pokemon X and Y, not too bad. Definitely not my favorite Pokemon games. But um, yeah, the 3DS, I think, um, probably had my least favorite sort of era of Pokemon. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it because I did. I enjoyed all, all those games, at least to uh, some extent. But looking at the Switch's Switch now, I think there's a lot of variety in there and I'm enjoying it so far. Let's see what Generation 9 pulls off and we'll see it from there. But Guys, that's all of my 3DS games. I hope you enjoyed listening to me going through all of my titles. Obviously, there'll be a lot of games in there that you guys um, have and I do not. And you're like, oh, Drew, how do you not have this game? Or how, how come you haven't completed Fire Emblem? I know I'm putting myself out there. Don't shame me. I'm just a big old Nintendo fan and collector and I've got a big backlog. But uh, look, just before we go, I'm looking at my most played games. My most played game actually was Omega... No, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. Played 124 hours. But next up was Super Smash Brothers. I play, played 94 hours. Then Pokemon X was 54 hours. Then the eShop at 50... No, sorry, 48 hours. Oh, then Mario Kart was 48 hours. I played just a little bit more of the eShop than I did Mario Kart. Then for the Super Smash Brothers demo, which I talked about earlier, I played 36 hours of the demo. Jeez Louise. 36 hours of the demo. Then I played 33 hours of Ocarina of Time 3D and actually a DS game, uh, Pokemon Black. Yeah, Pokemon Black was 28 hours. Super Mario 3D Land was 28 hours. Then Pokemon um, White, White version 2. That's weird. <laughs> I thought it'd be like Pokemon White 2 version or something. But yeah, I played 27 hours of that. Then the, the <laughs> played 26 hours of the Street Me Plaza. I played 21 hours of Fire Emblem. Like I put a lot of time into it. I just didn't finish it. Hmm. That's what we got here. Kid Icarus played 16 hours. Didn't play that much. It was Kid Icarus. Yeah. And of course, I haven't talked about the Street Pass stuff and that too, but might leave that for another day. This is just my uh, collection. Obviously got a lot more digital games as well. There's a nice little indie uh, developer community on 3DS, which is fantastic. So that's why I'm going to leave you here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can support us on Patreon or on the private feed as well. Um, but you don't have to do that. That's all good. That's just there if you like. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Let, let me know on Twitter. Use the hashtag Encore3DS and post pictures of your, your favorite 3DS games. And uh, yeah, tag me at iDruby as well and the House Mario at the House Mario. But until then, guys, we'll catch you later. Encore at the House of Mario, the after party Nintendo podcast, is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, A Drew Story and Kraken Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you'd like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week, 
to help spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby, where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.